Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. Arts and entertainment education is becoming rarer and rarer in American public schools, and Dr. Jerome Smith's new book, Cleveland Around the World, explains how he aims to encourage kids to stay in school and explore the arts. Jerome is with me right now. Thank you for being here today with us, Jerome. Thank you for having me. So this is a great concept. Can you explain what the book's about? Yes. Our Cleveland Around the World identifies tens of thousands of jobs and careers in the arts and entertainment for school districts and communities worldwide. And we go on to talk about the You Can Do It program, which is the greatest You Can Do It program that identify these jobs and careers for school districts. In just the film industry alone, there are thousands of jobs and careers that our community, students, parents are is not aware of. So I came up with the You Can Do It program to make students and educators aware of these jobs and careers that they actually exist. So what prompted you to take everything that the program's doing and your concepts and then put them into print to have it out there to a broad readership? Being an educator for over 30 years, I understand that we need to address our communities and our school districts because everyone do not want to be a doctor, a lawyer, or a scientist. There are many more opportunities for our school districts and communities. So that driven me. One of the reasons why uh, I felt as an educator that we need to motivate and educate our school districts about these jobs and careers that they have little to none knowledge about. And what demographic readership were you targeting with this book? Is it more for educators or is it more for parents? Well, this book is really for the general public in all areas, school districts, communities. That's great because even if you're not an educator, even if you're not a parent, you can still become involved in raising the awareness for these things. Exactly. We really need to be aware of these jobs and careers in the arts and entertainment industry because it really opened doors to all of our knowledge and uh, employment opportunities that is available for us. I agree that the arts and entertainment industry and all of the jobs and careers and opportunities out there are an integral part to not only our education system, but our society. Exactly. And statistics state that 92% of the arts and entertainment industry has the most uh, effect on our students today. So if you really want to motivate a student or community, then we need to get them involved in making them aware of these jobs and careers and guiding them to the next step to be able to become highly involved and highly employed. Wonderful. The book is Cleveland Around the World, 
by Dr. Jerome Smith, published by Christian Faith Publishing. This is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Jerome, thank you so much for joining us here tonight. It was a pleasure speaking with you and finding out about this cause that I think a lot of us are, are very passionate about. Well, thank you so much for having me. Asura is a new fantasy adventure out on shelves now. The author, Amber Carnell, is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for being here with us tonight, Amber. It is my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Can you tell us what Asura is all about? First, her name is Lilith. She is a farm girl. She completely hates it. She wants someone else for herself. And after witnessing a murder in town, she has been forced into the band of assassins where she has to learn a whole new life skill while still trying to fight for her life, keep her sanity, and try and move on from being completely cut off from her family. So where did the idea for this story come from? The idea was actually my husband's. He said, you know, you do a lot of vampire stories, stuff like that. How about we do an assassin book? Something new, something exciting, with a lot of action, fighting. We just took it off from there. So have you written before then? I do. I've been writing little stories since I was like six, but I've never published any before. Oh, this is your first one then. Congratulations. That's a huge deal, huge accomplishment. Thank you. So what was that process like for you? First time getting the book written and then edited, prepared for publishing. What was that like for you? On this one, I was actually completely lost. You know, this is my first something doing with assassins, completely new to me. And my husband, he said, let's sit down. Let's map it all out. So we went chapter by chapter, figuring out what she was going to learn, what struggles she'll deal with, and what will change for her throughout the book, chapter by chapter. And so now that you've been published, would you have any advice for aspiring authors that are looking to do the same thing? All I can say really is find someone who is willing to do any fight scene or at least help you walk through it. Make sure it's easy to read, flowing, not choppy, and most of all, believable. Now, do you ever hit a wall, writer's block, ideas aren't coming, and if you do, do you have a strategy to deal with it? Yeah, I actually uh, took a month off of writing Azura because I just wasn't interested in it. I did other things like activities outside with the family, reading a book, watching TV. I always look back at my notes and review exactly what I have and then try and get back into it that way. Yeah, it's often good just to take some time away and yeah. <laughs> divert your attention somewhere else, then get back on it refreshed. Oh, yeah. So are you working on anything else? Maybe a follow-up or another writing project? I am actually working on book two of the series. It's starting to come together. Fantastic. We're looking forward to it, and I encourage everyone to check this one out. This is Asura by Amber Carnell, published by Fulton Books, available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere. Amber, thank you so much for chatting with me here tonight. It was a pleasure speaking with you and finding out about this book. Thank you so much. My Life as Elvis by Bobby Sipneski recounts his life imitating the king. Bobby is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for joining me tonight, Bobby. 
Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, I love it. Can you tell us about this book? Well, it's, yeah, it's um, about different experiences that I've had through uh, all the times that I've been doing Elvis. I've been doing it since 94. So I've had a lot of things uh, happen and a lot of nice things happen. Now, is this primarily in one location or were you in different places? Oh, no, this is uh, from New Jersey, um, down the coast, basically, Pennsylvania, New York. I've um, worked in Key West for 10 years uh, at the Bull. So I, w- I was performing there for quite a while, maybe four or five times a week. Oh, that's great. Is this the first book you've written? Yes. Well, that's a huge accomplishment. Congratulations. What was the whole writing process like for you? I never considered myself a writer, so it, was, it wasn't easy. I had to naturally have it edited and um, looked at and made sure it looked better than how I wrote it. Because like I said, I never considered myself a writer. My girlfriend told me, though, that she said when she read it, she said it wasn't like somebody just wrote it. She says, I felt like you were talking to me. About how long were you working on it? It was around two years. Then when it comes to getting it ready for publication, what was that like? Anything surprising or challenging about that? Uh, no, it was just, uh, I guess the main thing was trying to figure out which picture of me I should put on the front. Because, you know, I've got a number of pictures, and um, it was that was like a hard decision for me. As far as getting it published, um, well, through Fulton, it was fairly easy. Now that you've been through it all, would you have any advice for aspiring writers? I would tell them to write the most interesting stories of whatever they are writing about. Make them as exciting as possible. Because like, nobody inspired me to write this. I, I just decided to do it and see what would happen. But if you really look deep into what you've done and can give the details, um, you can make it very interesting. So what kind of readers do you think would benefit from this the most? Did you have sort of a target readership in mind? I would say anywhere from 30s on up because of the generations that are still living that knew Elvis. About the best story is when I performed at Margarita Island and I was sitting at a tiki bar and these little kids were running up to me and I had a couple of business cards and I was handing them to them. They had to be like seven or eight years old. They were fighting over my business cards. So I, I'm thinking, you know, and this is Margarita Island. You figure that's off the coast of Venezuela. Yeah, I had these little kids. You know, it wasn't me. It's the fact that they knew who Elvis was. So it, it may even be like some teenagers on up. There's a wide variety, you know, that like Elvis and being in Key West for 10 years and seeing a, you know, a lot of people from all over. Men and women like Elvis, you know, and, and of all ages. I, you know, I've run into so many people. Well, now that I'm thinking about it, doesn't everybody love Elvis? So everybody ought to read this book. <laughs> I'm hoping so. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, the book again is My Life as Elvis by Bobby Sipneski, published by Fulton Books. It's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere. Bobby, thank you so much for talking with me today. It was a pleasure meeting you and finding out about this book. Thank you. Thank you very much. How do you dive below the surface of your Christian faith and go deeper? Author Tina Young's new book, Becoming Deeply Rooted in Your Faith, aims to do just that. Tina is joining me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for talking with me tonight, Tina. Thank you. Can you tell us what the book's all about? The book is a personal journey of mine that I studied out the unique roles that the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit have and how God sees me. 
I included thought-provoking questions, prayers, and space for the readers to explore scriptures and to journal so they can deepen their own faith. What was your motivation for writing this book and putting these words in print? I wrote this book because there was a time in my life that I really struggled with my faith. I had lost my mom in 2003. There was seven deaths since then, and then my son in 2011. And so I really went into a dark time period. And through learning how to study out who God is, the role of the Holy Spirit, and who Jesus is and how they see me, that pulled me out of that darkness. And during that time, I led small group studies with many women's groups, and they had transformation in their life. And so once we were done doing the studies, I decided I needed to compile this and put it into a book so it could help others. From beginning writing clear up until publishing when it hit shelves, about how long was the whole writing process? Almost five years. Were there any surprises along the way? Yes, because I had all this compiled information from the previous studies, and God opened up new avenues and new information that grew me in my faith that wasn't in my previous study information that I put into the book because it was more present, relevant, what God is doing now versus what he had done back in 2011. Are you thinking of working on a follow-up to this or maybe another kind of book? I am working on studying out 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 on love and what love is and what love isn't and doing a deeper study into all the different words in that scripture to really compile and help people to understand the depth of love and what God's love is and how there's different varies of love. It's just in the very beginning. I've just started pulling scriptures together and putting thoughts together. And so it'll be a while before there's anything new out. Sounds like a lot of people could get a lot from this book. Becoming Deeply Rooted in Your Faith by Tina Young. This is published by Christian Faith Publishing and is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. Tina, thank you so much for coming on the Reader House Author Roundtable. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks again for telling us about your book. Thank you for this opportunity. Healing, whether physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual, is never impossible. Healing the Mind Wound is a new book by Ted Clark that dives into healing. Ted is here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for being here tonight, Ted. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Can you tell us what this book is all about? This book is about uh, the story of my life. I had a college football scholarship at a major university, and my teammates drugged me, and um, I lost my mind for about four and a half to five years, diagnosed schizophrenia, cured voices, seeing delusions for about almost five years, and that's what this book is about. So what inspired you to write this and to put these words to print? Well, the inspiration was because, one, mental Illness seems to be a major problem in not just in our country, but, you know, all across the world. And myself, for being free from schizophrenia now for over 30 years without medication, I thought it would be time for this uh, truth to be released. Uh, of course, that serving God empowers us to renew our minds. So that, that, to me, was one of the reasons why I thought it's very necessary to get this information out that mental illness is not chronic. 
and we can be completely restored from any sickness that comes within our lives. About how long did it take you to write this book and then be suited for publishing? It took me about one and a half years. Um, my wife was getting her master's and taking her to school. I was sitting in the car, me and the kids, and just I just started sketching it out. I said, it's just a good time. I got all this free time. So about a year and a half it took to start sketching the actual um, information on page. Is this the first book you've written or had published? Yes, sir, it is. Well, congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate that. How does it feel now having that book on shelves? Well, now it is, it's like um, almost birthing a child. <laughs> um, it, it was tedious. It was um, strenuous. But now it's so uh, exciting and elated that it's finally accomplished and able to be shared to help others, whatever their particular dilemma is. So it's a very exciting time. So are you working on a follow-up maybe or another writing project? Not yet, but possibly as as hopefully the development of this book is released and it gets the good following and it's positively helping other people that have mental illnesses or any kind of crisis as far as um, their emotional life. And then, it's, you know, when it's really necessary, I guess, to, repub to publish again, I probably will. It just depends on how much um, we're going to be helping other people. So that would bring the indication of um, writing another book or so. Well, it sounds like it can certainly give a lot of hope to a lot of people out there. Definitely. This is Healing the Mind Wound by Ted Clark, published by Christian Faith Publishing. It's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Ted, thank you for coming on the show to the Reader House Author Roundtable. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks again for sharing your book with us. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Author Gerald Anthony Pichet's new book, Perceptions of the Imagination, pages of poems, puzzles, riddles, and rhymes, and even a joke at times, is a product of his life taking a whole new direction. Gerald is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Gerald, thank you for being here with us today. Yes, thank you. Um, the book is actually two books in one. It's Perception of the Imagination, and the second book is Say the Window of Life. I'm selling them for one price, one cheaper price, and two books separately, and uh, I just think they're a good site to expand your mind and uh, for a good worldly view of things and uh, to see different perspectives and stuff like this here. And, I mean, it's just a good eye-opening book, I believe, uh, expanding your horizons and stuff. What inspired you to write the book and have it published? Well, basically, life and the way it was going, and I had about a tragic car accident happened to me when I was exceptionally good in school and stuff, a pro-medical student, and uh, I uh, had a car accident, which uh, put me in a coma for three weeks, and I went back to the four-year-old and started life all over again, and uh, I had written some poetry before that that I thought was good and stuff, and uh, most of my first book is uh, some of the poetry that was written before my accident, and the second book is most of the stuff after my accident, whatever. It gave me a new uh, outlook on life on because people are trying to live life for money. I mean, you do need money, whatever, but uh, the main thing I mean, life is loving your neighbor and being kind to your neighbor and helping them and stuff. And even, even countries in the world should be not fighting so much and helping one another. And, you know, so it's just, it's kind of a, eye-opening situation, I believe, you know what I mean? Yeah, so about how long were you working on the book? How long did it take to write? 
first one, it took me, oh, I would say, well, I mean, because I did it mostly as a hobby, you know, my first book, and then after I that match, it took another four or five years, so, so I'd say that one took ten years, and the second one took probably, probably about eight years to do, I mean, because I was, I had some, some guidance on what to say and stuff like this year, not really what to say, but what things should be about and stuff like this year, a little bit of correction of my grammar and stuff like that there that I, that I hadn't gotten back after my action and stuff, whatever, but a lot of stuff to open up the mind and, you know, to see life from a new direction. Do you have any advice for writers who want to get their first book written and publish? Anything you've learned along the way you could pass on? Well, I mean, just keep trying. I mean, you know, write to different places and see if they'll, they'll take it. And, I mean, it's uh, just got to keep on trying to get stuff out there. And, you know, eventually find somebody who, you know, will like your, your work or something or else tell you, tell you what to change on it and stuff like this here. And uh, you, get, you get a good advice from the public and stuff, you know. So um, just keep on trying. That's all I say. This is Two Books in One, Perceptions of the Imagination, pages of poems, puzzles, riddles, and rhymes, and even a joke at times, by Gerald Anthony Pichet, published by Christian Faith Publishing. This is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Gerald, thank you for talking today. It was a pleasure chatting with you. We really appreciate you coming on the Reader House Author Roundtable and telling us about your books. Okay, thank you. Um, thank you for having me on here. It's true that the more thankful you are, the more joy you experience in life. Author Sylvia Moore Meyer's book, Eloin Noel Owen, Just Strolling Down the Street, shows children how to discover this joy. Sylvia is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for joining me today, Sylvia. Uh, thank you for letting me be here. Appreciate it. Could you tell us about what this book's all about? Sure. Uh, Elowen, no Elowen. And um, I know it comes out really fast, <laughs> but uh, it, she's actually based on my granddaughter, Elowen Noel. When she was little, um, I'm a songwriter, first and foremost. I simply wrote a song about her and the way she acted, and it became this book eventually. It's about a happy little girl. She's one of God's children, and she sees everything through those eyes of that innocent child and just the creation that God made, and we get to kind of experience that with her and all of her friends. So that's great. Elowen actually inspired this book in you. Was there anything else that inspired you to say, hey, I need to write a book and get this published? Well, you know, I've been writing for years. I wrote um, a book for my uh, youngest brother when I was 12, and he still has that. I illustrated it for him. So I've always had that love of writing. I went to Cincinnati Bible Seminary for Christian journalism and wrote for the newspaper for years. And I've been working on a half a dozen ideas and stories. But this is the first one that I've had published through a publisher, which was pretty exciting. How was the process of publishing now you being new to it? For a year, we were doing everything the wrong way until, and I finally said, you know what, I'm going to start calling publishers because I need help. I did not realize trying to publish a book was as difficult as, as it set out to be. It's like, well, it's all written. You know, I know what that character is going to look like. It's got to be easy, right? No, it wasn't easy. So I reached out to Christian Faith Publishing and um, it was a great process, kind of having an entire team working for you to help your idea and your creation come to life. So it was marvelous. So what kind of feeling do you get now knowing, hey, my book is out there, people are reading it, it's actually on shelves? Actually, it was, uh, I have to admit, when you're holding a book in your hand that you just put together, you're this, it's hard to explain that, but it feels pretty good, yeah. <laughs> so we've got uh, 12 books all together. 
for the Ella Wendo Ella One series. We're going to take her all the way up to chapter books. So pretty exciting. Do you have any advice for upcoming authors that want to write a book, finish a book, and then go to get it published? Sure. Yeah, I think so. Um, a lot of folks will say, I wish I could write. And I, I hear that from a lot of people. They'll say, well, I wish I could write a story. It's like, well, you know, then stop what you're doing and start writing your story. But once you have it written, it's um, it's okay to go get help. It's okay to hire a publisher. and It's okay to hire an illustrator if you need help with those things. But don't let those become the boundary. You know, let them you know go get that help with a publisher and see it through. You know, a lot of folks stop because they feel like they're not going to be able to be talented enough or just write it. You know, just stop what you're doing and start writing <laughs> right now. Yeah. This is Eloin Noelwin. Just strolling Elowen down the street. Eloin Noelowin. Right. I said it right this time, almost. You did. <laughs> Noelowin, just strolling down the street by Sylvia Moore Myers. Published by Christian Faith Publishing. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Sylvia, it was a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much for telling us about your book. My pleasure. I hope you have a blessed day. Evil Threatens God's Creation and Humanity Fights Back in Ryan Charpentier's new book, Natural Souls, Underneath the Sugar Coating. Ryan is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Ryan, thank you for being here tonight. Absolutely. It's good to, to meet you vocally. Could you tell us about this book? Yeah. Originally, it was a dream I had, and it's about the devil finds a way out of hell and um, threatens the world take it over in his own image and mankind has to kind of evolve into their true true soul's form to you know defeat him and it's quite interesting the way they uh they evolved so pretty much what it's about so this came from a dream what was the writing process like how did you flesh that out and come up with the plot and development well after the dream i had a base of what i wanted and i just kept adding to it you know, day after day or when something came up in my mind, I would just add to it and eventually became a book. So is this the first book you've written or had published? Yes. Congratulations. Wow. Huge Thank accomplishment. You. Thank you. So how's that feel now knowing that something you created is out there on shelves? It feels wonderful. It's uh, definitely an accomplishment that I'm proud of myself for. But there's many more to come. So something I love doing, definitely. So now you've been through the process. You're a veteran writer now. Is there any advice that you could offer to aspiring writers? You know, I've talked to many people that want to do it. They just don't have the patience or the time. And it's, it's honestly just each day write something down for 10 minutes, you know, and just keep adding to it and adding to it. And eventually when time adds up, you got yourself a book or, you know, it's, it's not too hard. It's like a journal almost. Did you ever hit a wall? A lot of people deal with writer's block and the ideas just aren't coming. And if so, do you have a strategy for dealing with that? Yeah, um, I have hit a wall and you, you just got to kind of, I mean, music helped me a lot. You got to find your, your um, base to kind of get through certain things. Like with music, there's certain kinds of music that makes me feel a certain way and, and inspires me. So that's what I use. So that's something that maybe might help someone else. Was there anything then about the publishing process, getting the book edited, choosing a cover, that kind of thing that surprised you or you found challenging? I think the editing is probably the, the longest part and the hardest part because you have to keep 
going and reading your book over and over to make sure it's the way you want it. But other than that, I mean, the the cover is, is always the funnest part. You know, you get to make it the way you want it and the way you see it in your mind and see it come to life is, is a dream. It's wonderful. Well, wonderful. The book is Natural Souls Underneath the Sugar Coating by Ryan Sharpentier. Published by Fulton Books, it's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere. Ryan, thank you for coming on the Reader House Author Roundtable here tonight. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for having me. Life is wrought with struggles. In her new book, But God, The Dawn of a New Day, author Doris D. Sutton looks to give hope in the midst of troubles. Doris is here with me right now on the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for joining me here tonight, Doris. Yes, I'm so glad to, to be able to do that. So can you tell us what But God is all about? Ever since I was a young girl, I've had visions and dreams, and I did not understand why I was having them. I didn't have uh, an insight on really who God was, but I just could not comprehend or get an understanding why it was happening to me at such an early age. I didn't know the, the scriptures, and I did not understand how the Holy Spirit moved. So down through the years, it still was happening, but it only happened at certain times, and I can't really sum it all up at the certain times it happened, but... And I was saying, like, why am I having such strong visitations? I may say that now. My understanding came when I gave my life over to Christ, and it took 40 years for me to, to come to realize that the presence of God was with me all the time. It certainly takes a lot of courage to put all of your struggles on the page, uh, but it's commendable that you're doing that to help people and very... Very respectable. Uh, is this the first book you've ever written? No, I've uh, written a book maybe 10 or 11 years ago when I first began to follow my heart through faith in Jesus Christ. And it was called, it's called The Covenant God Made, a collection of stories, prayers, and poems. And to add to what you're saying, yes, it did. It, it does take a lot of courage and how the world was it began to look upon you when you seemed to be so open. But I didn't know any other way to do it, and I kept asking God, Lord, what? how do I word this? You know, what do I say? You know, just to point out, if even if you're having these struggles in your life, and just exposing uh, how I have handled it through Him. So if I wrote down something simple, God is a healer and does not explain uh, some experience that I've had. I mean, everybody can say God is a healer. I guess just go with that, just to give you a viewpoint on what he healed on my body. And I didn't want to expose it like that, but God said, you want to help somebody, you got to, you got to really let people know what you've been through. But God, the Dawn of the New Day is the book by Doris D. Sutton. It's available through Christian Faith Publishing on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. Doris, thank you so much for joining us here tonight on the Reader House Author Roundtable. It was a pleasure talking with you. Thank you again for telling us about your book. Thank you for having me. I, I just pray that the book is an inspiration to many, and it's not just a conversational piece. It's real, supernatural from God. The Impending Storm is a new fantasy adventure novel by Terry and Mallory Tripp. 
Terry and Mallory are joining me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for joining me here. Wonderful for you to have us. We're really excited to be here. So can you tell us what this book's all about? Well, this book is about, uh, the main character's name is William Tarkington, and it's about a young man who was orphaned at a young age. He was taken in by a guild who is tasked with policing the area of Campestri. This book describes how he finds out about his family, and he also finds out how closely he is tied to the trouble and the violence that's in the area. They deal with that throughout the book. So it's really almost like a coming of age and, and finding out about his family. So this was a father-daughter effort. Mallory, what was it like writing with your dad? Oh, it was a lot of fun. We would write things that we felt more comfortable with and then edit each other's work. So it worked out really well. You know, I was very young when we started it, so I was just learning how to write. Dad was more skilled with certain things, so it really helped me become a good writer by having somebody to give me that guidance and loving critiques, <laughs> I guess you could say. <laughs> Oh, Terry, what was the writing process like for you? Well, it was wonderful. It really puts you out there when you put your heart and soul into something and, and start to create in an effort to share with other people. Being able to do that with Mallory has really been a blessing. She really pushed me. Uh, you know, there was a lot of times that, you know, we would write several, write several. They ended up being short stories initially. And, uh, you know, I would kind of put the pen down and say, well, you know, that was fun. Let's go to the next thing. And she's like, ah, no, Dad, this is not done yet. So she did a lot of uh, she did a lot of poking and prodding to keep this process moving. I've been very blessed to have her with me. So, Mallory, what's the story behind the book? What inspired you two to do this? I've always loved writing and I am a big fan of C.S. Lewis. So I sat down one day and really wanted to write a book like, you know, Lewis's Narnia books, but I couldn't come up with a story. And so my dad, he was like telling me all these childhood stories that he had made up and we kind of just strung them together and added to it and it became our story. So I guess the inspiration behind the story was C.S. Lewis and Narnia. Mallory, is there anything you've learned along the way now? If somebody wanted your advice, say, hey, I want to write a book. I want to get it published. Is there any words of wisdom that you would throw their way? I notice that whenever people talk about writing, they worry a lot about content and how long it is. But what I think sums it up in a nutshell and the advice that I would give to other people would be think about what you want to say, say it and then make sure you've said what you wanted to say. That's a quote from C.S. Lewis, and that's what's gotten through us, like gotten through to us as we write. So that's what, that's what I would say. Mm, wise words. The book is The Impending Storm by Terry and Mallory Tripp, available through Christian Faith Publishing at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Well, Terry and Mallory, it was an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much for coming on the Reader House Author Roundtable and telling us about this book. Thank you so much, Corey. Thank you. Children have vibrant imaginations, which can sometimes lead to unrealistic fears. Author Christiana Coy tackles this in her book, When the Night is Dark. Christiana is here with me right now. Christiana, thank you for joining us tonight. Oh, this is very exciting. Thank you. Absolutely. Can you tell us about this book? In this book, there's a young boy and he's in his bed. It's nighttime and he's afraid of the dark and he 
he lets his imagination run away with him and he imagines scary things, you know, around him. It's not really anything. It's just the, his ordinary objects that are in his room. But he imagines that there's something scary, like he thinks he sees a ghost. And actually, it's just like a sheet that's hanging outside. But he imagines, you know, something scarier. So it's just about, you know, how sometimes our imaginations just run away with us and fear gets the best of us. And there's really nothing to be afraid of. Where did you get the idea for this? Well, I used to teach first grade and first graders have a lot of fears. You know, they're just worried about different things. And I got the idea that I didn't want them to be scared anymore. So I actually wrote this book like 30 years ago. Oh, wow. But I've never had it published. That's always been a dream of mine. So I finally did it. <laughs> so what was it like writing the book and then having it edited and prepared for publishing? What was that like for you? Oh, that was so exciting. And when I first, when Fulton Books said that, you know, yes, we're accepting your manuscript, I thought, wow, I was just elated about that. Um, I couldn't believe it. And then they took me through just step by step getting this finished and editing it. And they, you know, they check on you and then I get to proofread everything and send in suggestions. And it's just back and forth and back and forth a lot. But it was a very rewarding experience. Is there anything you learned along the way that you could toss out there to aspiring writers? Uh, definitely get with a publisher. <laughs> My PA is just amazing. Another thing is I didn't have an illustrator. Fulton Books actually had their team illustrate the pictures. And I had never put those words like in the pictures. So I had to really imagine what did I want, you know, in those pictures. And it, you had to describe it pretty detailed. So you really have to have in your mind what the book is going to look like. So that was exciting. So are you working on maybe a follow-up to this or another writing project? Yes, I, I like the rhyme. So I've always done rhyming things. I've got another poem that I wrote a long time ago about Halloween. <laughs> Another scary night. Yeah. I like the theme. So, yeah. Halloween. <laughs> there, there you go. And it's rhyming again. And so that's a that's a fun book. And that has the word boo in it. So you can scare kids again. <laughs> yeah. So this is When the Night is Dark by Christiana Coy, published by Fulton Books, available at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, iTunes, Google Play and elsewhere. Christiana, thank you very much for coming and talking with us here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. It was a pleasure chatting and finding out about this book. Well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. <laughs> Encounters with God are life-changing. In his new book, The Judgments of God Are Coming Upon This Nation for Their Disobedience and Dishonoring His Holy Name, author Manuel Lopez recounts his experience with God. Manuel is joining me right here on the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for being here with us, Manuel. Thank you, sir. Can you tell us about this book? On January the 5th, 2019, at 10 p.m., I laid down on my bed and instantly I found myself in my spiritual body in the presence of the Almighty God, the Lord Jesus Christ. We spent some time together. Eventually, when I did leave his presence and I re-entered my body, it was 4.30 a.m. on January the 6th, 2019. On Thursday, January the 10th, 2019, at 7.15 a.m., I asked my Heavenly Father, my Creator, I wanted confirmation spending time with the Lord. My Creator repeated the exact words that I said to him. Yes, you did spend time with my son. 
On January the 14th, 2019, at 2.13 p.m., I was looking toward the heavens from my deck. I heard the voice of the Lord say, the judgments of God are coming upon this nation for their disobedience and dishonoring his holy name. This is the Almighty God, the Son, speaking for the Father. This is the title of the book. And I said, oh, Lord, here we go. Anyway, I have two declarations to make, my friend, and that is that Jesus Christ is God. He lives forever and ever, and I am the only man alive after his crucifixion and resurrection over 2,000 years ago that I can state with all certainty that I have spent time with him. That's my declaration to the world, that he is alive, that he lives forever and ever, and he is real. So what inspired you to write these words, to put them in book format, and then get it published? What happened was that when he spoke to me from the heavens, the Son, the Almighty God, the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, this is the title of the book. And I said, okay, my Lord, this is the title. And of course, I had no clue what I was going to be doing. And then, of course, after that, the Holy Spirit of the Father, who is also the Holy Spirit of the Son, he said, I will guide you as to what you will write in this book that I want you to write. And of course, he is a real, he is the third person of the Trinity. He is a real man, just like you and I, except that he is holy. So he was very clear with me on this. And then of course, I uh, I sat down at my desk and I asked him, oh Lord, I have no clue. I need you to tell me exactly where do I start? And he began to uh, speak with me as to what he wanted me to write. And I began to write. I remember one time as I was writing, I felt that maybe I should not write this down because I'm talking about judges who are corrupt in the nation. And I went to scratch it out and he said to me, what are you doing? I said, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm putting it back. During the process of about three days, I was able to compile this book exactly how he wanted it and what he wanted me to say. And when he was done, he said, that's it. I don't want you to write anything else. This is how the book came about. I had nothing to do with it except to listen, obey him and write down as I was inspired by his Holy Spirit. The book is, The Judgments of God Are Coming Upon This Nation for Their Disobedience and Dishonoring His Holy Name, by Manuel Lopez, published by Christian Faith Publishing. It's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Manuel, thank you for coming and talking with us tonight on the Reader House Author Roundtable. It was a pleasure speaking with you, sir. Uh, thank you, sir, for the time, sir. Teaching children language skills is important, but it's even better when you teach them life lessons at the same time. Mariette Cummings' new book, ABC Poems for Children, takes this approach. Mariette's with me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for joining us tonight, Mariette. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. So can you tell us all about the ABC Poems for Children? Well, it's a book. I said it's a labor of love to help teach children uh, just core values of morals and manners, just about, uh, I call it God esteem. So just want them to have a, a better understanding of who they are and where their place is in this world and how they can contribute. How did this book come about? What gave you the idea? Having had a childhood where I felt inadequate, I felt the need to share my viewpoints or uh, poems that would help instruct children uh, and help them to understand who they were and and to help them feel like they they matter, they they're they're important right now, not just they're not the future. They are, are here now. Have you written a book before, or is this your first one? Um, I've written other books, but this is my first published published work. Congratulations, huge deal! 
Thank you. Big accomplishment. So what's that make you feel now? Put a lot of work into this, and now it's on shelves for people to read. What kind of feeling does that give you? Uh, it gives me a, a, a great sense of accomplishment. I'm really thankful to God. I know that without Him, none of this would be possible. I know the Bible says to de- despise not the day of small things. So I just believe God that He will increase it as the days uh, go forward. Did you hit a point ever during the writing process when you got stuck and had to deal with writer's block? No, really, uh, for me, writing is truly, I believe, that a gift, a gift that I have received from God. It doesn't really take me very long to write a poem. It just generally flows. But I'll tell you that I do prepare before I, I write. So I read uh, scripture. I read other inspirational books. And then, you know, I pray and then I write. Is there maybe something you learned along the way that you could pass on to people out there who want to write their own book and get it published? I just learned that it's a a process of patience. Once you get your um, thoughts on paper or, uh, you know, and have them all typed up and and present them to the publication company, I, I just know that you have to have patience for that baby that you have been nurturing to be birthed. I would just tell tell anyone uh, just to be patient uh, and trust the process. Are you thinking about maybe a follow-up to this or maybe another writing project? Um, well, I do have several other uh, writing projects in mind. Uh, just don't know when the time will come for me to actually submit them for publication. And they will be on the same lines as uh, poetry, uh, encouraging poems, um, not just for children, but for adults as well. Well, this sounds like it's a great resource for kids and for parents to be reading with their kids. The book is ABC Poems for Children by Mariette Cummings, published by Christian Faith Publishing, available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. Mariette, it was a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you for coming on the show and telling us about your book. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. A Life Interrupted, Looking Back is the story of author John Somolis' journey through life. John is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thanks for being here with us tonight, John. Not a problem. I appreciate you you calling on me. Absolutely. So this is an autobiography, uh, memoir sort of book, correct? Yes, it is. Can you tell us about it? Well, there, there's there's quite a few parts. Um, in, the, in the beginning, it was my childhood, which I had a lot of, uh, a lot of hairy times. Good times, but... You know, I was locked out of my house by my older sister because both of my parents were at work. She locked me and my older brother out of the house for years. And what happened was I had so much time, I had nothing to do but to get into trouble. So that was that was like the, the beginning of my life. And then from there, at that point, two days after I turned 17, I went into the, the U.S. Army. It was either going to the Army or was probably go to jail because I couldn't stay out of trouble being locked out of the house all the time. So then I went in the Army. I had a good career there. I got honorably discharged when I left. Then I went to California with my girlfriend. Then I came back home because it wasn't working for me out in California. The only job I could get was landscaping. So I came back to New Jersey, and I met with Mayor Calabrese out of Cliffside Park, and I asked him to help me help me get a job, which he did. And I think for like three months, I was working. My, my girl, Silva, was working. And then my brother, my older brother, got involved and told Silva she had to leave, which created an absolute nightmare for me. 
had an issue with my mom at the time, which I never, ever wanted to have an issue with her. But, you know, this guy came out of nowhere and just kind of messed my entire life up. And at the time, Silva was six and a half months pregnant. And it was, it was, it was pretty bad. Silva produced the child, Tiffany, who became a scientist out. She lives out in L.A. Must have taken a lot of courage to bring all this up. A lot you went through in your life. Was it more a, a painful process to get this all out? Was it therapeutic at all for you? It was, it was therapeutic and it was painful as well. You know, if you, if you just listen to what I went through, you know, in the Army, out of the Army. Then I went into the Daily News Golden Gloves in New York City, where I fought at Madison Square Garden, where I beat this lieutenant in the police department. It was televised. It was a good fight. Then from there, yeah, I went back to work, and I had nothing but problems. I hooked up with, uh, I was collecting for the, for some mafia people for a while. Then I hooked up with this really, uh, this guy who used to be very, very wealthy, Biff Halloran, who uh, he ended up going bad, went to jail for a while, came out, and he wanted to know what happened to him. So what I did was I looked at his situation. I got the details of what went wrong and who, who was to blame and all of that kind of stuff. Then, uh, then from there, I went, I was working with uh, this company called DRM Waste Management. And I was the national uh, director of sales and marketing. Yeah, I started my own company, J&D Waste Management, and I sold it. And that's pretty much where I'm at now. The book is A Life Interrupted, Looking Back by John Samolis, published by Fulton Books. It's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and Google Play. John, thank you for chatting with me tonight at the Reader House Author Roundtable. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. I greatly appreciate that. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Podserve, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first. 